0: Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. All right, I am the grandfather. Happy Father's Day, all you fathers! Any amens up there on that one? And I'm talking even if you're a stepdad, you're a dad, you stepped in as a dad, you're a dad, you helped young people that way, you're a mentor, you took on the role of father figure, God bless you guys because we need you. Everybody said? Let's go to lunch, that's enough now, amen? No, it's not enough. Thank you, Andy. Um, Well, today um, we're going to, um, obviously I'd like to switch gears for uh, these types of days, I have a Father's Day message, but first... I need to share a few things with you. Next week, I'm going to finish up the series on better decisions. I'm going to look at the idea of decisions that create a person who's in demand in life. Because there are decisions you can make to do that. Also, after service, our student ministries, they have a bake sale right outside. They're raising money to go to summer camp uh, it's a great spiritual camp so go out there buy the stuff you don't want to eat it give it away whatever you want to do with it but just go out and buy it they they put work into that one now I got two big announcements one's a, to reiterate and one's a new one um, uh, next Sunday evening as you saw up there we're gonna have one uh, we're gonna have a Sunday evening time out in the parking lot like we had last summer remember those outdoor services I remember that we're going to do that. Each month, we're going to have one. Each one has a different theme. And this next Sunday, and by the way, we will have the two morning services. That's going to happen. But Sunday night from 6 to 8 next week, we're going to have short worship, short message. But with that, we're going to have, it's a, it's a fiesta theme, free tacos, special music. I won't say what that is. Guadalajara. I think it. I don't know. I don't know if it is. It's possible. Um, and then, uh, some of you know what that is. And we're going to have Mendoza snow cones. See, how many of you know what Mendoza snow cones are? See, if you're from this area growing up, you know what it is. And those of you who don't, and that's free too. I, 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 Boy, you just come out for that, okay? Because you've never tasted a snow cone like this. For those of us Corona people, Norco people, grew up with it. It used to be a business at the city park there. I mean, it was one of the greatest snow cones that we've ever eaten in our lives. You want to come in, just want to get that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a born and raised Corona guy, so I grew up on it. When you get that, remember I said, just get the red and yellow flavor, okay? Because that's what we grew up with. Somebody raised an ad back there, right? Is that Mike back there? Yeah, you know, right? We grew up here. How many, Red and yellow, that's the only flavors we had growing up. They're the best flavors. But I guarantee you, it will be maybe the best snow cone you've ever had. Amen, somebody? Yeah. And all the other stuff that's free with it. Now, the big new announcement is this. I made a decision, and everybody has to follow my decision. Uh, <laughs> it's great. No, I, I talked to the staff, and come to green. But I, this is a thought I had, and we went with it. July 4th this year is on a Sunday. It's a very difficult day. And so, like we do on Christmas now when it falls on Sunday, we move the service, and we're going to do that. We're going to have our service on Saturday and not Sunday. We want you to enjoy the whole day with your family. Amen? So we're only going to have one service that weekend. That's July 4th, not the Sunday, but on Saturday now at 10 o'clock. We will not live stream that service. We will post it at 9 and 10.30 on Sunday. But we're going to have one live service. We'll just squeeze everybody in who wants to come on that weekend 10 o'clock on Saturday. Are you following me? Okay, good. This way, you can start your barbecues in the morning. You can go to the, the I don't know if there. I'm sure there's a parade in Corona. You can do whatever. Go get your seat at 8.30 in the morning at Santana Park for the fireworks. And don't park in front of my household because we block it off for those reasons. But yeah, it's gonna be a great time because Corona is having the fireworks again, correct? Yeah? Oh yeah, all right. That way my neighborhood's not like a war zone like last year, okay. Now, Father's Day, how many fathers here, grandfathers here, stepdads are secure. Okay, have you ever noticed that um, Father's Day is nothing in comparison to Mother's Day in America? Does that just anger anyone besides me? It's like, it's just not right, is it? I mean, let me, let me tell you what happened on Mother's Day this past month at my house. Now, my, my, my sons, my daughter, they're like this, and, and, and this happens all the time because they try to just get me. And so we're sitting around the table on Mother's Day in the evening, and my son Dylan, he sits there and he says, let's all share our favorite mother story growing up. And then he adds, after we shared that, let's all share our worst dad story growing up. (laughs) And they do this all the time to me. Because they say, oh, we're in your head, we're in your head. You ain't nobody's head, okay? When we were in Israel, because they both went to Israel this last time, um, two years ago, when they found out, because there's a Jewish guide and then there's me that brings the Christian side to it uh, on the tour, when he said the Red Sea was also called the Reed Sea, which is like Christianity 101, you find that out within about the first six months of your faith, it's also called the Reed Sea. When they found that out, they said oh I wish our pastor taught us that oh my gosh what else is not true that he teaches us we need to find a church where the pastor teaches the true word of God and they haven't let that go for nothing my friends I mean it's incredible what these guys do so that's that's just a little bit about Mother's Day is way way above Dad's Day but let me tell you this so my son Nathan he's a dad now also Vanessa has two kids I have all granddaughters and um he takes his daughter, and Lindsay take their daughter Lincoln to Disneyland because it's open now. And this was about a month ago, and um, she's about eight months old at the time, maybe nine months, I can't remember. And, and so they send me a video. there in It's a Small World. And she's like... <laughs> and I, I can show you the video if you want. It's 25 minutes. I got it loaded up. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it like 10 times, okay? I just got to see it again and again. And then Nathan says this. Because when I saw her like that, I almost started crying. Because I got to provide that for her. I got to give that to my daughter. And he goes, it felt so good. And I thought, he knows what it feels like to be a dad. He understands the inside now. You understand what it's like to be you, Dad, what it's like to be me. What a good feeling it feels, you feel inside, to be able to take care of your family. Amen? I, I am all, always very sensitive about dads because um, I, I, I watch, I read, I listen, I watch cultural trends, to see where they're against the Bible, where the Bible speaks completely different. And I'm watching an ever-increasing encroachment toward the demise of the importance of a father in families. Have you noticed that? They're diminishing what a father is. They're bringing it to the point almost where they'd like to bring it, in my strong opinion, where the father's irrelevant in a family it's not true it will never be true and I can tell you one reason why because Jesus when he prayed to God he called God father and once he made that statement you better understand Jesus is smarter than any cultural trend any lie that comes at you he says God is a father very important statement that fathers are important And so fathers, I just applaud you. I I, I thank God for you because you stayed there. You stuck it out. And we know that there are plenty of fatherless homes in our country. We know that is the big problem in America, not all the ones that the media tries to tell you. The big problem is fatherless homes. Denzel Washington, otherwise known as the equalizer, How many watched that like 10 times already? 17, 17, you know. I love that scene. Those of you who know the movie know that. He said this It starts in the home. If a father is not in the home, the boy will find a father in the streets. I saw it in my generation, and every generation before me, and everyone since and he's right he's absolutely right see when a father doesn't stick it out and stay in a home it creates an irresponsibility and by the way just go look up how many men are in prison who didn't have fathers we have now watched a couple generations now impregnating girl after girl after girl after girl having so many kids out there and taking zero responsibility and let me be honest with you One person's irresponsibility leads to somebody else's super responsibility. Amen? Amen. Taxes increase to be able to support those families that the father never was there and bailed. And we're paying for it to take care of those kids. Our foster system, two years ago I was in a meeting in California, it's up to 66,000 kids. It's a crisis. It's a crisis. Denzel Washington's right. It all starts in the home. You can start to point all other problems. You're wrong. It starts in the home. But I applaud dads. I applaud you that are there. You stuck it out. It's not easy. You are essential. So I applaud you. I was at my coffee shop that I study at on Friday. And I found out that the next morning they were going to have the police there just to have them there. And you could go hang out with them, talk to them about anything you wanted. They had this big old vehicle there. And I typically don't go on Saturday mornings. I had a funeral to do that day out at Rose Hills in West Cobain out there, whatever that is out there, and that's whatever city it is. And so I said, no, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go talk to those policemen. And I went out there in the morning and I, I, I got my drink and I made sure I went up to them. There was about six of them outside, a few of them inside. But I went to the ones outside And I said, I gotta tell you guys that I'm for you. And there are way more for you in America that are against you. And if it was up to me, you'd all get a raise. (laughs) Because, and I added, I said, what people don't get is if there was no police, then everybody'd have doors and uh, bars on their doors and windows and guns loaded at all times. We'd all be living in a jungle. Never forget that. And never forget that you can have laws on paper, but they mean nothing unless you have enforcement of those laws. Any amens? Amen. I told my wife, if Corona ever defunded, I live in Corona, we would move to an adjacent city. And I was, I'm dead set on it. I will not, I will not live in a city that goes down those roads. Any amens on that? Amen. I just refuse to. Because it's utterly ridiculous. And we're watching places like that I don't know how I got off on that road But I got off out there Oh yeah, I applaud you And so I applauded those guys I applauded those guys And so I want to applaud you, fathers, today We're going to go down a cool road today Acts chapter 20 I'm going to read Let me tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to read three verses It's about Paul And you're going to think when I'm reading them How are you going to get a Father's Day message out of that? Well, I am Because there's five things I want to share with you, five points. And now some of you are thinking, Jim, I've been with you a long time. For you, five points is like an hour and a half. (laughs) Promise. I promise I'll keep it in the regular time span of 87 minutes message, okay? No, I'm joking. But Acts 20, 18 to 20, Paul talks about his ministry and leadership, and he names these five qualities, and I'm going to extract them, apply them to fathers as far as, essential fathers and why you are essential. These qualities are so important and why you and I demonstrate them, hopefully. Verse 18 says, And when they had come to him, he, Paul, said to them, You yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, and with trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable, and teaching you publicly, and from house to house. Let me give you five essentials of a father taken from Paul's statement right there and the first one is in your notes number one integrity integrity is very very important let me read the portion of the verse that I took the application from I want you to read it with me that portion I'm going to count it through here we go one, two, three you start start again start again because you at home are not saying it I know we have a reverse peephole camera Here we go. One, two, three. You yourselves know how I was with you the whole time. Now, what's he saying? He's saying, look, guys, I've walked with you. I've been with you. You have watched what I do. You have seen that what I say is what I do, and what I do is what I say. He's saying, I have walked in integrity. Now, integrity... It's a mathematical term if you take it to the word Integer An integer number is a whole number It means he's not fractured He's not living portions He's living the whole thing What I say is what I do What I do is what I say You take this idea of integrity And you find in the Old Testament book of Job In chapter 2 verse 3 After Job has lost everything Satan has just messed the guy up and he's also in pain, boils all over his body, scraping himself with potsherds. he's lost his kids, he's lost his wealth, he's lost his home, and God says to Satan, have you considered my, my servant Job again? He goes, he has kept his integrity, which means his innocence, and his completeness. He has still to walk. Even though life is like pure hell for the guy, he is still walking in the wholeness of who he is. What he says is what he does. What he does is what he says. And all of our families need us to be like that. Any amens? Now, the reality is we live in a fallen world. I'm fallen, you're fallen. And we make mistakes. Dads make mistakes and I know sometimes kids are very unfair and they put us up here where they think we can't make mistakes. We do, right men? And I've made mistakes. There are times that I have not lived what I said and it wounded my kids and it hurt my kids but there's something that I had to do and dads listen to me because it doesn't work any other way but this way. When you make mistakes, what you have to do is the second thing in your notes, the second thing is Humility. Point two is humility. You got to humble yourself. You got to apologize. You got to say, I was wrong. And you got to repent and change your way. Because if you don't, then you've lost your ability to speak in, relate to your child. And you want to keep the relationship strong. Any amens? So you've got to be able to humble yourself. Now let me take humility even further in a different application the other way uh, to, for a father. It says, the verse says, I'll count to three. One, two, three. Serving the Lord with all humility. Now humility means humility of mind. You have a humble opinion of yourself. C.S. Lewis gave a great definition of it. Put it up there please. Watch what he said. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking about yourself less. And that's really true of a dad, isn't it? Sons and daughters of Scotland. I love saying it that way because Braveheart said it that way. I just like Braveheart. Sometimes I think I'm Braveheart, but... But let me tell you about your dad. <clears throat> your dad knew the moment you came out of the womb, the moment you were born he knew his life forever changed because he knew now that it wasn't about him anymore he knew that right dad? my life when I first got married I had a 63 Corvette and I had a Dodge van with carpeting and paneling and a killer cassette stereo (laughs) some of you go what's a cassette? don't worry about it I had them both at the same time. I was cool. No, they ruined my life. (laughs) Because about a decade went by 13 years, whatever, and I had three kids. And now I made the move the move that I said I would never do, I would never buy, I would never drive. And that is a. Oh, you know the pain, the horror of it all. It was a 1994 Chevy Astro Burgundy van with a high-powered six-cylinder engine. They give it the name Vortex like it's supposed to mean something. The Vortex six-cylinder. It's gutless. What are you talking about? But I was okay. I was fine with it. So were you, Dad, because it wasn't about us. Sons and daughters, listen to me. Did you know your dad used to be cool? No, not my dad. No, he really was. Do you know that your dad even used to buy his own clothes? No, he could have never done. Yeah, he used to go to the store himself and buy his own clothes. Do you know that your dad's jokes are funny? At least they used to be. No, my dad's not funny. No. And he needed to stop in front of my friends too, okay? No, he was funny. But the problem is you ruined his life. You ruined everything about it. You took everything away from him. Now, he traded in cool to give what was needed to you. Now, honestly, um, I'm on the other side of that now. My kids are all out of the house. So all my money is my money. And how many know what that feels like, huh? Any amens out there on that? Amen Amen out there, I see that. hand. Any others? Raise your hand. I want to know. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to have a small group later on, okay? And we're gonna get, let's just all get like about a five hundred dollars $10 bills and throw them up in the air and stuff and just and do that, okay? Just because we can, okay? So, but your dad chose humility. It wasn't about him anymore. It was about you and he's okay with that. Now, the third thing I wanna show you about an essential dad is passion. Number three is passion. Now watch what Paul says. Read it with me. One, two, three. Serving, dot, 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 with tears and with trials which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. You know, when I read that and I thought about the message putting together, I thought, plots of the Jews, how could I apply that? And I thought, well, you know, those teenage kids of ours, they do plot things, don't they? Have you ever, even when you have little, little ones, right, when they're quiet, how many know they're plotting? Yeah, they're plotting, those kids. Now, Paul says, that with, he was serving with tears and trials. Now, that means the tears are, he's got passion. He's continuing on even though the trials are coming out. The guy has passion. He keeps, he keeps at it. Let me tell you what it means for fathers. It means the responsibility gets heavy at times. It is a load. And some of you ladies go, well, how about mothers? Hey, is this Mother's Day? You had last month. Can you just knock it off now? It's not about you, all right? Can you give us one day a year? Well, no, I'll give you eight hours. That was my impersonation of a woman, by the way. Now, dads face pressure. Now, I'm going to show you uh, uh, what Paul defines pressure, and then in Paul's statement, you're going to see the secret to why dad can withstand pressures of life and stay in that family. And and let me segue here. Let's be honest. Some of you dads, this flutters, has fluttered in your mind a couple times in your life because there's a real devil. You have thought, I would like to just jump on a Harley and drive off forever. (laughs) And you even imagine yourself going down Route 66 and staying in one of those TP hotels. leather jacket with all the hanging leather <laughs> grow a Fu Manchu and... sometimes it's a little bit tempting huh? because it's pressure it's pressure now watch what Paul says about the pressure and his secret to staying at it because it's the same for fathers watch this it's found in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 to 28 are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane I'm more so. Now watch. In far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death, five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, A night and a day I have spent in the deep. Is it tough? It's not done. I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship. Through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is a daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. If you're new to the faith, the reason why he's going through all that is because he's going out into regions... And preaching the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's nonstop for this guy. He plants churches all over the Mediterranean and he's facing opposition everywhere he goes. But it's so burning inside of him, the way it should burn in us, that he keeps on preaching this no matter the opposition, no matter what comes his way. But then he gives you the secret he gives you the secret of being able to stay at it even though all the external pressure. He says, There's a daily concern for all the churches upon me. What does that mean? That means all these churches, these church, He's birthed all these things, He's planted all these churches, He's birthed it, and He's got an internal concern. Let me tell you dads, listen to me everybody, the reason why dad keeps his hand to the plow as a dad is because no matter all the external pressure the dad goes through, There's an internal concern that he carries for the people that he's helped birth, his kids. Any amens, Dad? And that keeps the dad right there. That keeps the dad's hand to the plow. And your dad will withstand any pressure. Let me tell you about your dad. Because there's some dads in here. Let me tell you about your dad. I guarantee your dad has had to take some ugly talking to him from his boss, saying ugly things to him, and your dad would like to have knocked that guy out. Any amens out there, dad? Any amens? But he didn't. You know why? Internal concern. He's got you at home. He's got to take care of you. He knows it's important. He knows that's not worth you. So he keeps at it. Because of his concern for you. That's your dad. That's passion. That's what Paul is saying. That your dad is concerned and he loves you. And he he kept his hand to the plow and he stuck it out. Now the fourth thing, the fourth essential is courage. Now, courage is a great thing. Notice the verse. Paul says this, read it with me. One, two, three. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable. Now, the word shrink means to be timid, to withdraw. Let me give you an application from that. <clears throat> your father is not afraid of you. You got that? Your father, in fact, probably thought at times, you know what? I'll take you out and make another one look just like you. No problem. What's the word? <laughs> you want to act like that? Okay, we'll take you out. Now, the great thing is that dads, you're not afraid of your kids. And that's a good thing. It's a great thing. But let me say something, and I'll get into that. Now, dads, they, have, have you ever had to tell your kids straight? Anybody? Raise your hand, dads. Come on, be honest. Don't be afraid. You're a dad. You ever had, only some of you? Well, that means some of you have little kids. You can't tell them straight yet. Sometimes you gotta tell them straight. You gotta tell them straight. Now, let me back up. What gives you the right, and not the right, that bad word, what gives you more authority to speak straight into their lives about stuff Goes back to number one And that's integrity That what you say is what you do What you do is what you say Integrity gives you credibility, right? And once you have credibility Because, because of integrity Now you could speak straight into that kid's life and, and they need to be spoken straight to at times Would you agree? Now I, I can tell you that's true Because just the scriptures One of the aspects of scripture is It's designed to straighten us out When we're going off the path Have you ever felt that way of scripture? Kind of straightens you out? Oh good, three of you But anyway <clears throat> When your dad straightens you out Or straightens you out You can sit there and say Oh I'm a victim, I'm part of the culture <laughs> Wow, that's really cool Oh, you're a victim, yeah. It's, it's rough opening up that refrigerator and getting what you want. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, you have your own TV in your room? Well, you're persecuted. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, nice new Nikes. Oh, you're, you're suffering. You're suffering. Yeah you're, yeah, you're a victim. But listen, thank God your dad straightens you out. And let me tell you, there are some of you in this room probably a lot of you in this room that when you were younger you, oh man my dad told but as you got older and mature and I use the word mature very specific doesn't mean you grew up and got a man or a woman's physical body and have an intellectual intellectual capacity of a 25, 35, 45, five year old doesn't mean that what I mean that is you've grown up emotionally because you got a lot of babies out there right walking around and grown up bodies anybody see what I'm talking about it's all over the place now At least that's what they keep presenting. But you know you're thankful that your dad straightened you out, huh? When it's happening, you hate it. But you know it's right. As you got older, you know, no, no, he did the right thing by me. Because I was going down the wrong road and he straightened me out. And he told me what I needed to hear. He wasn't afraid when I told him, I hate you, dad. He wasn't afraid of you. He's not afraid of you. Because he knows what's best for you. Can I tell you what I firmly, strongly believe? Shouldn't there be a little bit of fear of your dad in you? I'm not like, I'm not saying terrified. I'm not, I know some of you might have come from abuse. I'm not talking about that. So don't extreme my statement because of your experience. But you should have a little bit of fear of your dad because he's your dad. The same holds true. You should have a little bit of reverence, which is an awe and a fear of God, right? Because God can see everything. And you better walk right, because you could see it. And when a dad walks strongly and not afraid of you, he instills that fear of authority and that healthy fear of God, right? You follow what I'm saying? It's healthy. It's healthy. Society has reversed that. Don't listen to it. It's healthy. But he's not afraid of you, and that's a good thing. Now, that leads to the last thing today, and that is obedience. Another essential of a father is obedience. Now watch this. Read it with me. One, two, three. I did not shrink from dot, 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 teaching you. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. How in the world do I get obedience from that? Well, Paul, he's had to have heard because he, he becomes a follower of Christ. He encounters the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. And, um, and then within a couple of years he goes and talk. it's a couple years after the resurrection this happens and he talks to the disciples and then he leaves for 14 years comes back talks to them again so he's heard I'm sure what Matthew writes what Jesus told the disciples at the very end when he said go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you so he's understood we're to teach people We're to teach it all So Paul says I did not shrink back From teaching you So in other words He's been obedient To that call right there You follow me so far? Now let me tell you What I mean by that now Let me give you the application Paul finished Paul did it Paul went all the way Paul stayed on that course He was obedient To what his call was And as fathers We stay obedient To the call of fatherhood In our lives Any amens? I need, a, I need a sidebar come back because when I say you stayed there, you stayed in the home, it's a lot more than just staying there because there are some dads, yeah, they never went there, they stayed there, but they didn't really function as a dad and I'm in a spiritual setting right now, right? Right, right? So when I say stayed there f- from a spiritual perspective, I mean, you had a spiritual dad. You stayed there. You were spiritual. You were the dad that, you know, maybe you didn't speak a lot about things, but you led the way. Your kids saw you as a person regularly coming to worship God, regularly reading your Bible. They saw you as a person who says, I'm going to serve in church. They saw you. It wasn't just words. It was actions. And you stayed the course. Now, now, I, I, I told first service, I'll tell you, I really struggled on how to end this thing. Because you know, I had ideas, and I struggled on sequence. And then God pops a thought into my mind yesterday. I go, I got to put that in. So I, I, I called one of the guys, I said, who does the slides? Robert, who was our host today, I said, Robert, uh, I need you to put these scriptures in. They're not in your notes. But I want to bring them out, and I want to begin my close with this. These are the last two verses of the Old Testament, otherwise known as the Jewish Scriptures. It would be better to call it the Jewish Scriptures. Here's the last two verses, and and they're phenomenal, and, you know, whatever your last words are going to be in life, they're probably going to be very important, correct? Watch what this is. Malachi writes under the inspiration of God. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Wow! So that I will not come and smite a land with a curse. Now he says, "I'm going to send you Elijah." Dual application, because we know Elijah more than likely will be one of the two witnesses coming back in the great seven-year tribulation of planet Earth. You say, Jimmy, really believe stuff like that? Yeah, because I believe God. But it also means, as they questioned and asked Jesus, what did he mean by that? And Jesus gave them definition of what, he, what, they, what God meant by he would send Eli, Elijah. He defined that as John the Baptist coming in the spirit and power of Elijah. This is Jesus speaking in so John the Baptist, when he came back, and how many know John the Baptist was a hard-nosed preacher? He's the kind of guy that would clear churches. You, most people would not come back to that church because he's going to tell you your sin and get it right. And if you, don't, if you want ears tickled, you won't come back because he, he was not going to tickle you. So he came, he's filleting everybody's flesh. But it's interesting to me that, that the writer Malachi, he says... The reason he's coming. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to the fathers. Whoa. But don't miss the last line. Lest I smite. Means to strike. Lest I strike the land with a curse the word cursed means a doomed object like a net like a fish cotton net it's, it's done it's doomed he says what he's telling us is a geographical location an area land can be cursed can be struck because of fatherlessness in homes that's a big danger right now in our country it's a big danger And so I applaud you, dads. You stayed there. You stuck it out. You're even leading spiritually. You're doing the right things. And I know as a father, sometimes you don't get a lot of thank yous. But you know you're okay with it. Now, Paul said this, and I'll put it in Jim Del Campo language. Paul, at the end of his life, says this, and I'm going to use this to segue into my my end. Paul said, I'm dying. And he, he knew he was dying. He says, I fought the good fight. I finished the course I began. Wow. I finished what I started. I kept the faith. It doesn't mean he was just a believer. Oh, I believe. No, he was a follower of Christ. He jumped in. He got involved. He was part of something. He did it. And I have a future reward in heaven. I like that. Because you could apply it to fathers. you fought the good fight and you're fighting it and you've walked with Jesus and you've stayed in there and you walked in integrity and you lived passion and you humbled yourself when you had to and there's been tears and tribulation but you have an inward concern for the family and that's what keeps you there and when a follower of Christ when you get to heaven and see the father in heaven he's going to reward you for being a good father for being a dad it's crazy huh it's great Now, let me say this. It's my last, 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 last thought. My father, I was in the room when he took his last breath. Me and my siblings and my mother. It was about two minutes after midnight into January 1st, New Year's Day, 1990. He made it another decade and we're standing there it's the home I grew up in my dad was in one of those hospital beds he was already sedated for days now he was he, was, he died of colon cancer that's why I always tell people when you hit 45-50 please get your colonoscopies please it's a slow growth you don't have to die from it it runs in my family so we have to and I think everybody should have to but as my dad was there and he's dying I remember he took the last breath and this is I think my dad did this because my dad was real funny and he, and he breathed that last breath this is the funny part and my brother who's now passed away said because it's breath and then nothing and he goes well that's it and as soon as he said that my dad goes ah, one more breath I think just to, just to get us and then he passed. <laughs> Let me tell you, some of you have been in that room with your with your dad and your mom. But most of us will be in that room. You know, there's so many emotions that flood you in that time. There's thoughts that are coming into your head at that moment, after that moment, that week, that month. And they're very, they're very, very poignant thoughts. You know, did I spend enough time with my dad? Did I appreciate him enough? Was I holding on to any ill will and bitterness or unforgiveness. Which if you have a sinner, If you want to hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness and anger, you're free to do that. If you want to ruin yourself and then ruin your kids, just pass it on to them so you can continue a generational curse of that. But after they pass, it won't make sense anymore. I was fortunate I had forgiven my dad and I really worked on that. But you think of these things, did I appreciate, did I do this? And you'll never know. You, you don't know what that's like. You don't know what it feels like. You don't know what you'll think because you've, unless you've been in that situation. You just don't know. But your dad's going one day. One day he ain't gonna be there. I would just say, do the right thing. Be the right person toward him. Grow up. I'm not talking about little kids growing up. I'm talking about adults finally growing up. And appreciate that guy. Because you're not always going to have him. You're not always going to have him. One day he's going to go the way of everybody else. So make sure you take care of him. (laughs) Make sure you take care of him. In a society that's fatherless, in a society that's diminishing the role of a father, be thankful he's there. Be thankful he's not going the way of the crazy culture. Amen. I'm done. Let's pray. <applause> father, thank you for all the dads all the sacrifice all the thankless things that they've done but they kept doing it the jobs they went to they didn't want to go to that thing but they did it for us I pray blessings upon all the dads and I appreciate the fact that you stuck it out. Thank you for the dads who decided to be a dad and straighten kids out in a crooked society. Thank you for all you dads Who realized it wasn't about you anymore. It was about those kids. That what you wanted really didn't matter anymore. It's what they needed. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Now, would you stand up with me, please? I wish I could preach like four Father's Day messages a year. Because dads have a place in my heart. But I can't. So as I let you go today, just know that you, if you need prayer for anything to my left or right, you go there for prayer. Remember to buy some baked goods for the teenagers. It helps offset the cost of the camp. And now let me say this in all sincerity. It may sound joking, but it's not. Can you just let your dad relax today? If he wants to sit on the couch for six, seven hours and hold the remote himself like a big boy, <laughs> would you just let him? And wives don't say, Are you just going to sit there all day? Yeah, he is, okay? You got a problem with that? Ike? What? Okay, I got ethnic. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, it's like, let him. My gosh, you know, we get one day a year. Well, I'll give him five hours. No, no. Give him all day. Let him relax. Let him just relax, man. Okay? Is that an amen? Okay. You're going to exit this way. You can drop your offering, physical offering, on the way out in the boxes. And thank you all for for your faithful giving and support of New Beginnings. God bless you guys. We'll see you later. you need prayer or dedicated your life to christ please reach out to us on our social media on facebook and instagram at nbcc norco or email us at hello at nbcc.com thank you for listening don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast